0: Welcome back folks. I am your host the always off-season GM Fred and we got a great episode planned for you here today uh, with in light of some of the the big top 10 lists coming out this week I dove into my top 10 current NFL head coaches some of them might be surprising I think the order is going to be a little bit surprising for mostly everybody and before we hit that we talked about some of the big contracts that came out uh, with uh, record-setting numbers and then just some of the cap implications they had. I, I kind of got in a little bit of a rant there discussing some of it. So uh without further ado, let's just jump into that part right here. So since there was some some bigger breaking news here, um mainly on the LA Rams front, uh we'll we'll share that with you guys and weigh in on some of this as well, too, because it's been the topic of really heated discussion. But uh essentially what happens is Aaron Donald gets a contract extension uh it's record setting deal for a non quarterback he ends up getting uh i believe it was 65 million uh guaranteed in the first two years of his contract uh with an option in the third year to get an additional 30 million to get about 95 million guaranteed if he chooses to play that third year so it's it's pretty wild that we were even discussing in retirement with this guy because he's at the top of his game. I mean, I don't think there's ever been a defensive player in, in my time in the last 25 years that's been even close to this guy's level. Uh, maybe Lawrence Taylor at the tail end of his career. I obviously missed most of it as I was a very newborn child for most of his career. But uh, this is a dude that's next level good he's going to be a first ballot hall of famer and he's he's pretty much a blank check type of guy you just hand him the check and tell him do whatever with you want Uh, we'll get into the cap implications here in the second part of this but I think it's well worth it and I think that nobody really took his his retirement seriously but when you look at his resume he did have some leverage against the Rams so they they pretty much had to just hand him the blank check which I think any franchise would be okay with the second part of this is going to be the the Cooper Cup extension. We we get a announcement that he signed a three year extension uh, with over the next five years. It'll be worth 110 million dollars, with 75 million, I believe, guaranteed. I'm guessing that's going to be in that three year extension mark. It's going to basically tie him to the Rams and have some some funny money at the end to, to free up their cap space now and then, really kind of push things down the road. And we'll we'll get into that in a second. But I I think after having the best NFL season a wide receiver has ever had this past season. I think it was it was hard to see this not coming, especially in light of some other recent contracts, namely Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, uh, Christian Kirk, all these other deals that we've seen come down off the table. It, it made sense for Coop to cu- Cooper Cup to cash in on his big season, and rightfully so, he deserves it. Uh, when you have a season like he had, there's no reason why you shouldn't be paid like a top receiver in the game and I believe this puts them at like number two or three I believe in terms of like guaranteed money like just ahead of like contracts like AJ Brown but like right in that same vicinity as like Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So the part of this that it has big implications on is a lot of people are saying the cap space is, is is essentially fake and that People can fudge numbers to make it get under the cap number as they would like. And I guess, like, the big thing is I believe there's a deadline, so you just have to be under that number by the deadline or you incur uh, a penalty. But I don't think it's fake, but I think there's a, a weird understanding in terms of that cap space can be pushed off down the road. And basically everybody knows the cap number is going to continue to go up so they can almost like project how much it's going to go up and basically factor in how much this contract is going to be more feasible, but down the line. So you look at like a guy like Aaron Donald, I shared the other day, he has a, he's a dead cap hit of like $72 million. If they were to part ways with them this year, which you know, you're not going to part ways with them this year. unless something crazy. You know, we're we're living in a time where Deshaun Watson may have an over a hundred million dollar cap hit if they have to get rid of him, But, uh, you know you're tied to the team at that point so it's basically let's pay you out now we know you're worth it we're not getting rid of you and let's kick the can down the road to where the very great effects on this when uh basically you get past that dead money and it's just a real cap hit uh and you're you're essentially kicking the can down the road like i said so it's like if you keep re- refinancing your car, but your car also keeps going up in value as you're doing it. So it just makes sense to do it because you're still going to get equity out of it in a few years down the road. So I think that's kind of where the cap is at right now. These teams keep saying we're going to kick the can down the road, we're going to maximize this winning window now, and even down the road, once this cap hit is crazy huge, it's not going to be as much as we think it is just because the cap might be worth you know $200 million now, but it's going to be worth 280, 270, you know, in five, six years, even maybe less than that with some of these TV deals coming down. So I think that that's just a way to look at it, that it's, it's not fake, but there's very unique ways around it. And I think some of these teams have found loopholes and they're really capitalizing on them. And I wouldn't be surprised to see some of this addressed in the next CBA. There was an interesting article making its way around social media this week uh, in regards to the top NFL head coaches. So honestly, what I decided to do was go and make a top 10 list of who we think is the the top 10 NFL coaches currently in the NFL. So that's what we're going to d- jump into this week in terms of uh, content for you. So starting at number 10, it's going to be the Cleveland Browns head coach. Uh, Kevin Stefanski. Now, Clef- Kevin Stefanski, I believe, is in his third year in Cleveland? Yes, this will be his third year in Cleveland. And his first season, he ended up 11-5 with the second season going 8-9. and So that puts him at a 19-14 and record. Not all that great, but when you take a look at what this Cleveland team was before he got there, they had an abundance of talent, not really anybody to rally the troops and make something of the squad itself. So... When you take a look at the numbers, they're not, they don't seem that impressive with his offense being, uh, I believe it was 14th in points scored in his first season, 20th in his second, but namely his, his forte, what he was known for in Minnesota before coming to Cleveland was his rushing offense. And I think that that's where you've really seen them excel and be able to utilize all the different backs that they've had in that stable there between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and all of these guys, uh. They've been top five in pretty much every major rushing rushing statistic during his tenure in Cleveland. And I really think they're going to have a bounce back year this year. I think a lot of their struggles last year was just mainly due to Baker Mayfield being completely hobbled all year. Uh, Now, this is basically banking that off of that Deshaun Watson's going to play as of late. It's looked very, very much like he's not going to, but I'm not going to get into detail there. So I honestly think that Kevin Stefanski is a very good coach. He took a, a very tumultuous, a very rough roster and really rounded it out and made him into a competitive team year over year the last couple of years. So he comes in at number 10 on our list. Number nine on our list here is going to end up being Mike Vrabel, the head coach for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, currently, Mike Vrabel, uh, his record stands at 41 wins, 24 losses. Uh, And he's really known as for his calling card on defense. That's what he played in uh, New England before becoming a head coach. It's what he was uh, coaching in Houston before he came over as the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. And really, it's been mixed results on the defensive side of the football. Uh, His first season, they were a top 10 uh, defense. And his two after that, not even close to that. And then. Essentially, this past year was another top 10 defensive year for them, really engineering some, some pretty significant sack numbers. And as you see, the longer he's been here, he's been able to build it out the way he's wanted. But I think his philosophy and how he's been able to kind of be this CEO mind at the top of things and really influence both sides of the ball and all of these personalities, I think is the most Im- important thing and really the development of Ryan Tannehill, while well, a credit to Arthur Smith for really realizing that and cashing in on his own head coaching role. Uh, there's a guy at the helm that's in charge of that, and it's got to be Mike Vrabel. So I really like what he brings to the table. He's, he's shown sustained success. He's made the playoffs, I believe, in pretty much every season that he's been there, except maybe his first one. Yeah, his first one. He was not a playoff uh, excuse me a playoff qualifier so I really think that qualifies him as one of the best head coaches in the league and he puts that number nine on our list here Uh, moving right along here the next guy on our list is going to be number eight Doug Peterson and Doug Peterson now I know he's in his first year as a Jacksonville Jaguars head coach but he had some very very good success prior to coming to Jacksonville as a Philadelphia Eagles head coach he ended up winning a Super Bowl there. So I mean, that automatically qualifies him as one of the best in the league. So we take a look at his record as a head coach is 42 and 37 with one tie. And that was after having a very rough shot last year in Philadelphia at four and 11. But like I mentioned, he wins a Super Bowl in his second year in Philly. Uh, He comes over to Jacksonville to kind of fix the culture that was brought in by Urban Meyer. And he shows a reputation of being a one of the innovative offensive geniuses in the NFL, uh, coming from that Andy Reid tree, he played underneath Holmgren in Green Bay for a long time. I think that 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 kind of qualifies him as a really good play caller in my mind. And what he was able to do with Carson Wentz it essentially looks like a miracle at this point. And the sustained, the sustained success he saw in Philly, I think, really vaults him onto this list. Normally, with a, a Super Bowl victory, I'd get a guy like this much higher uh, on the list, but. I think since he was let go from his previous position, that puts him down a little bit here. But still, he's he's the number eight head coach in the NFL, in my opinion. Moving along here, we're going to start to get into some uh, very notable names here shortly. Uh, and this leading off is one of them. It's going to be Kyle Shanahan is our number seven NFL head coach, uh, the head coach of the 49ers. Now, this one is a little bit... Uh, i should say what's the word i'm looking for here it's questionable i guess you could say uh he's 39 and 42 as the head coach of the 49ers and when he took over it was a true rebuild uh he genuinely started over from the scratch he went 6 and 10 4 and 12 but you look at the last three years here he's 29 and 20 with i believe it's Two NFC Championship appearances, one Super Bowl appearance. And when you take a look at what he's brought to the table as a head coach on the offensive side of the ball, he's always consistently one of the best rushing attacks. It doesn't matter who's, you know, input into that stratosphere. I mean, he's a top 10, almost perennial head coaching, uh, off rushing offense in the NFL. And if not, he's a, he's a top five offense in the league the last five years here in terms of yardage. And when we take a look at the points, it, it's not far behind as well, too, if you average it out. So I really think that he's one of the better play callers in the NFL, and I think it kind of hindered him the, the – I should say – I don't want to say tumultuous because it's not tumultuous, but like the n- non-success he's seen in his first couple years I think kind of hinders him a little bit here. But uh, if they get the quarterback position right this year, which a lot of that hinges on that as well too with Trey Lance – I think that they could really kind of launch himself into that next stratosphere. I mean, you're talking two NFC Championship appearances with a Super Bowl appearance in the last three years is pretty impressive. So that's going to land Kyle Shanahan at number seven on our list here. The next guy on our list here, I know it's going to be a little bit uh, controversial, controversial selection just because of his time in the league. But if you look at what he's done in the last few years, it's one of the best uh tenures, if not the best tenure in the NFL or of the last three years of any coach in the history of the league. And it's gonna be Matt LaFleur. He's thirty nine and ten with two NFC championship appearances in the last uh three years. Excuse me, not last three years. He's got a playoff record of five and two in the last three years. So All the while, he has the reigning back-to-back MVP running his offense as well, too, which helps his case a lot in a lot of these situations. But, I mean, he's had a top-10 scoring offense in the league the last two years, a top-15 the last three. Uh, He's always engineering one of the most efficient games, which, I mean, that's a testament to Aaron Rodgers as well. But you look at his time as the OC in Tennessee, he had a top-10 rushing offense there as well, too. So it it doesn't surprise me even in the least, and he's a top-10 OC in Uh, LA before that so I mean we're talking about a guy that's got sustained success and it's been proven that he can win football games as a head coach Uh, like I said 40 and 10 39 and 10 that that's the numbers don't lie there that's one of the best starts ever in the history of the league Uh, the really the only thing that this guy's missing at this point is is that vaunted uh, Super Bowl appearance that everybody's looking for here so I I think that in order to take the next step to get, you know, kind of shot into that next stratosphere, I think that that's where we got to turn our attention for Matt LaFleur. But in the meantime, he's just outside the top five, in my opinion. The number five NFL head coach, uh, and I'm just going to preference it as I go here, that I, I tried to really value Super Bowl championships. I think that's a big key statistic in all of this, that winning a Super Bowl kind of puts you in that next stratosphere. So that's where we're going to kind of see that that next tier kick in here. And the number five head coach is going to be the Baltimore Ravens head coach, John Harbaugh. And he has a combined record over the last 14 years of 137 and 88 uh, he's got nine playoff appearances in 14 years, and he's got a Super Bowl championship. It's good for a playoff record of 11-8. and eight. So in my opinion, I think that that's elite, that's elite territory here. I think he's one of the best football coaches in the league. And you could really see when he had his back against the wall what he was able to do and really develop Lamar Jackson and build this offense around him. I think that's a that's a true testament to him and his ability to kind of switch gears after the Joel Flacco era was essentially over. They've had a top-five rushing offense in the last four years, and I know he doesn't call the plays on either side of the ball. He's more of the CEO-style approach, but I think the more we get to know these teams, the more you see is just because you're a CEO coach doesn't mean you don't have your hands in some of this stuff. Uh, We know that Bill Belichick has his hands on the offensive side of the football, even though he's a defensive minded head coach, he's not calling the defensive plays. I believe his son is, or Matt Patricia has in the past, but he's always been heavily involved in game planning on both sides of the ball. So I think that that's where you take a look at here with Harbaugh is he might not be calling the shots, but he's the one that's, kind of guiding them in the right direction. And just to be honest with you, it's, it's not like you're a special teams head coach and know nothing about either side of the ball. You get there because you know a lot about football. And I think it's such a true testament to what John Harbaugh has been able to do to have the sustained success over the last 14 years in the NFL. And he's well worth the number five uh, coaching position here on our list. Next up is going to be our number four NFL head coach, and it's going to be Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he's got a fifteen-year tenure in Pittsburgh. He's one hundred and fifty-four and eighty-five with two ties, and he also has. Oh, I gotta count these up. I apologize for ten playoff pierces in fifteen years. So that's really good. Uh, there's also a, a really good stat going around that he's never had a record below five hundred. Uh, that that right there is impressive to me. I mean, that that puts you into some pretty elite territory here to have a, essentially never have a losing season, your entire ent- head coaching tenure. And I don't understand why this guy would ever be on the hot seat. Uh, he's been to the Super Bowl twice. He's been a Super Bowl champion one time in his second season. And they've had countless number of uh, playoff appearances since then. But they've really struggled to get the quarterback position right here in the the late years of Ben Roethlisberger's tenure. But now with him out the door, it opens a new, essentially a new opportunity to really get the the right guy at the helm. And once again, Tomlin's he's known for his defensive uh, mindedness prior to coming to Pittsburgh, but he's kind of developed into this CEO all around uh, talent developer as well. Too, uh, if you listen to the Pat McAfee show in the past, he's saying that he he credits Mike Tomlin for him even having a job in the NFL in recent years. So I think that's a, that's a true testament to his ability to be flexible and influence the game in different kinds of ways and his game planning and his knowledge of football. I think that's it's really cool. It's a really interesting thing to share. And, and that's going to land him at number four on our list here. Moving right along, uh, I should <laughs> preface this by saying that this is currently the number three NFL head coach in the league. And it's going to be Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is the head coach of the New England Patriots. He has been for the last twenty-two years. Uh, his <laughs> record as a head coach is two hundred fifty-four and ninety-nine. Uh, he's got one, two, three, six Super Bowl championships uh, with a handful of number of AFC championships. Another like three or four, I believe. And his playoff record. Is 30 and 12. That's extremely impressive. The only reason you don't see him sitting at number one on this list is, like I said, it's a current NFL head coaching list. And while he did have a pretty solid season the year uh, prior, uh, 10 and 7, the year prior to that, he's 7 and 9. So he hasn't really seen that high end talent since Brady left. And I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, what have you done since Tom Brady's left? Well, but I mean, that's, that's where we got to be here. I got to see a little bit more out of Mac Jones to consider him a top NFL or the best current NFL head coach because the guys ahead of him on this list are true, chame- true chameleons that can morph with the offense and as they need it and work with essentially anybody. And they've proven that they can work with anybody. But Bill Belichick is the greatest NFL head coach in the history of the game. He's just currently not the best one now. Uh, I don't like. I said I'm not saying he's fallen off a little bit. I just say it proved to me a little bit more without Tom Brady before we we crown you the king. Currently, the number two NFL head coach in the league. And this one may come as a little bit of a surprise that we had him ahead of uh, Bill Belichick, but it's going to be Sean McVay. Sean McVay is the head coach at the Los Angeles Rams. He's the reigning Super Bowl champion. He's made the playoff in four of his five seasons as a head coach with a record of 55 and 26. Uh, He's a two-time Super Bowl participant, I should say, one-time winner, as we mentioned. And he is one of the most uh, brilliant offensive minds. We give him a lot of credit uh, kind of hailing from that Shanahan tree where he he's brought a lot of this unique motion stuff to the NFL. And a true testament to that, he's been top 10 in the NFL in points scored every single season he was a head coach except one in 2020 where he was 11th. Now, we think about it, we've seen what he's been able to do uh, as an offense once they brought Stafford in to give this offense another dimension throwing the ball. But what what we need to make note of is what he was able to do when Goff was there. He still show, had a Super Bowl appearance. They should have won it. It was a it was a complete lackadaisical effort on the offensive side of the ball, and I think one that really kind of pushed Goff out of favor with the front office. But I think that he's kind of etched himself as the upper tier of NFL head coaches with the different kinds of things he's been able to do on offense, the the multifaceted rushing attack, and what he was able to develop with the passing offense with Stafford in his first year there and winning the Super Bowl. I think that was kind of to get, get the monkey off his back. And I think he's well worth uh, the number two NFL head coach in the entire league. Our number one head coach currently in the NFL is going to come down to here. Uh, you probably can put two and two together now that you've seen the the rest of the list, but it's going to be Andy Reid, in my opinion. Uh, Andy Reid, I think, is one of the better offensive geniuses we've seen in the last couple decades here in the NFL. You take a look at his time in Philadelphia, and you take a look at his time here in Kansas City, and a lot of a lot of things are pointing to he's able to adapt and overcome. Uh, I think he was unfairly pushed out of Philadelphia. I know that he'd had some middling seasons, some bad seasons, but ultimately ends up with a job here in Kansas City, and in his early days, he was uh, engineering a top 15, top 10 offense with Alex Smith under center. Uh, when he ended up, handing the reins over to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you look at what he's done the last five years. I mean, we're talking a guy that's never been outside, like, the top six in offensive production. Uh, But you also take a look at his record currently through 23 years in the NFL. Excuse me, is, I got to do the math here. It won't break it out for me. It's going to be win-loss as the Kansas City head coach, Not going to tell me. It's just going to tell me win percentage. My apologies. There it was. I found it. I just had to scroll up a little bit. But he's 369 and 233 uh, during this time with Kansas City. He's 145 and 103, which is pretty impressive. And even when you match it up against this time in Philly, 224 and 130. I I believe after looking at this here, he's only ever had three seasons where he was sub 500. Uh, Otherwise, he's always been 500 or better in each of his uh, NFL head coaching seasons, which I think is that's a crazy number. I mean, that's it's a little it's pretty equivalent to what Mike Tomlin's done. And it just shows you how good this guy is. I just think what gives him the edge over some of these other guys on the list here is his his production. And like no matter what the system has been, has always been great. As we said, uh, he, he really dominated. Uh, The last five years of the NFL, he really figured something out with this offense he's been able to do and get really creative with what he does with Patrick Mahomes at the helm. And even if you go back, like I said, with Alex Smith, who's been more of a game manager, doesn't exactly have the arm talent, and not many people do as Patrick Mahomes. He was still able to maximize that talent as well, too. And he's still able to meld the, the personalities together to put a finished product out there that's at the top of its game whenever it's rolling at full steam. And as we can see, he's been to a few Super Bowls. He's won one with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's got that uh, monkey off his back in terms of that. But I mean, we're looking at a guy that's a perennial playoff contender. He's a Super Bowl contender every single year that Patrick Mahomes has been at the helm, if not even more with some of these other guys uh, between Alex Smith and Donovan McNabb and others. I think he's truly one of the more transformational coaches we've seen in recent memory. While not exactly experiencing experiencing a huge amount of success in the postseason it's still enough it's 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 enough and for recent sake and recent uh production i think this is the this is the guy that's at the top of the game right now that everybody's gunning for So that's going to be it, folks. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed today's episode. Like I said, I really wanted to, to jump on the train with the top NFL coaches and discuss some of these big contracts the Rams were handing out. So as once again, we'll have a great episode planned for you next week. Make sure you hit subscribe. But until then, have a great week, and we'll see you next week.